We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the director and writer of Jungle Land, Max Winkler. I'm gonna be good, Lion. I mean, I can see it. I can see our future when I close my eyes. Got it all laid out in front of us. We're not gonna lose. Hey, something wonderful's happening tonight, ladies. I can feel it. Come on, give me a little roar. Let me hear you roar. Oh man, I'm trying to focus. A little roar, lion. Battle Royale, 400K. Take it to this address by this time next week, and Lion stays on the card. You don't seem like a boxer to me. What do you mean? You haven't got that thing? What thing? This thing? I don't walk around going like this to people. I could kill you, but I'd never get a return on my investment. We got one option. We fight. You use me from what I'm good at. Everybody knows it. You set me up! What am I gonna look out for you? I know what you're trying to do. You don't know why I do what I do. We're not gonna lose. Beautiful! It's fate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Next Best Picture podcast. I am your host, Matt Neglia, and today I am being joined by the writer and director of the new film Jungle Land, Max Winkler. Max, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well, uh, all things considering. <laughs> it's a really crazy time to say the least. And it's very interesting because this movie is pretty much a year old at this point. Uh, premiered at last year's Toronto International Film Festival. It is now finally being released this weekend. What, what has this process been like for you and just in terms of 
getting eyes on this movie in this long release window for this film? Uh, what, what has that been like? You know, I think probably what it's like for all people who made a movie in the last year, um, a lot of waiting and praying and hoping that there's a way for, for as many people as possible to see the movie it was supposed to come out a lot earlier, but um, obviously things change drastically in the climate of what it means to see movies now. And I think people are still trying to figure out what the best way is. Um, I definitely miss going to a theater. Um, I really, really, really hope the movie theaters come back um, in my neighborhood in Los Angeles, the Arclight Hollywood. But until then, it seems like people have to go and see movies and drive-throughs or watch it on their televisions. You know, this is a movie that when we were setting up shots for it and, and talking about how it was going to be seen, it was always um, imagined to be seen in a movie theater. And um, some people will still get that experience. We got that experience at the premiere in Toronto. Um, but, um, you know, having sold the movie out of Toronto and waiting till now for it to finally come out has been, um, I feel really lucky that we're one of the ones that that get to have this opportunity because I know a lot of great movies are still kind of waiting to figure out when things are going to change for them to come out. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, you mentioned uh, be, it being seen on a big screen and I want to actually touch upon the work that your cinematographer Damien Garcia did in this film because there are a lot of, angles and a lot of shots in this movie that were very unexpected to me um a lot of tight close-ups a lot of deep focus uh shots and uh, really just a a very unique eye to say the least can you talk a little bit about the shooting style for what you wanted uh jungle land to convey emotionally to the viewer yeah i mean damian is one of the most talented cinematographers i think in the world and in mexico he's like a superstar basically like chivo and then him and um he wins, you know, he's either nominated or wins the uh, Ariel Award, you mm -hmm. know, every year almost. And I'd seen a movie that he had made um, called Gueros, and then I'd seen a movie he had made called Museo. And um, we Skyped a couple of times. His English isn't that great, but uh, he's such an incredible guy with such a good sense of humor. We talked about the kinds of movies we wanted it to feel like and, and you know, natural lighting as much as possible and, and um really taking our time and not trying to overshoot and trying to just try to find the best way to tell the story for everything and um, being really patient and deliberate and in, in telling the story. And we talked about the deer hunter a lot. And, mm. and we talked about um, Steve McQueen's movie hunger, which is a movie I love the mm -hmm. way that movie looks. We watched that a lot. And um, we then just tried to keep, you know, we, the thing with Damian that I loved is we would set up a whole shot and, you know, we would lay the dolly track down and we would pick our lens and we would, something about it would not feel right. And we would look at each other and we would say, there's something about this that just doesn't feel right. Or something about this feels like we can do better. And, and we would constantly challenge ourselves um, to, you know, pick up the dolly track and, and lose three shots, but find the right one. And, and I'm just yeah. like, I'd never had that relationship with a, with a cinematographer before. And I just, I, I found our collaboration, one of the best collaborations of, of my life, because most importantly, he's a really good person with a great sense of humor. Yeah. Whenever we would shoot something that would be like, kind of like a, feel like just like a boring establishing shot. <laughs> he would start to do, and he's really thick accent, but he would start to do the, uh, the Seinfeld um, baseline, you know, <laughs> kind of like, it's like a, feels like a multi-cam shot and then we'd be like all right let's 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 rethink this and um 
I, I love, I learned so much from him about not settling and, and not lighting or moving the camera from a place of fear or a place that, um, comes from anything other than the truth of, of the story. Sure. And in speaking about the story itself, uh, this is a story of two brothers, familial bonds, and it's a story that I feel like we have sort of seen before. I, I thought of a couple of fighting movies recently, like The Fighter or Warrior yeah. as like direct comparisons. Um, so I was just curious to know, since this is an original screenplay, what what drew you to this particular story? What What human element of these characters really sucked you in? I never saw it as a fighting movie. I saw the fighting as sort of a way in, but yeah. you know, I love male melodramas. I love Paul Newman's HUD. I love Scarecrow, this Jerry Schatzberg movie. I love Five Easy Pieces. I love, um, you know, love stories about two people unable to tell the other one exactly how they feel about the other one because their own sort of toxic stuff keeps getting in the way of it. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know, there's the fighting element. There's this, I, I'm obviously deeply inspired by Bruce Springsteen and as in the title and in the movie and, mm -hmm. and the way he describes his songs, which are both, you know, gigantic kind of anthemic songs, but also deeply personal, you know, like Dancing in the Dark, you listen to it once and you're like, this is just a banger. And then you really listen to it and you're like, oh, is this a song about depression? Like he hates the way he looks and he can't leave the house. And the way he describes that is, um, he says, um, make your uh, the blues in the verses and gospel in the chorus. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's a really good uh, metaphor for making movies too. So I guess like the, um, the fighting is the gospel, you know, and that's the thing that can kind of really get, uh, get people to go hopefully see a movie just about like, two brothers who love each other and, and mm -hmm. the kind of um, melodrama that comes between them and, and the real specificity of, of, of their relationship. And, and that stuff kind of ends up being the blues. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh yeah, no, totally. Okay. Absolutely. And I do think that there is a uh, lacking of um, male heterosexual uh, affection in cinema today, which I think is something that people shy away from. So a lot of the inspirations that you mentioned there, I, I kind of like that you are leaning on those a bit here. Um, when I think of male masculinity nowadays, I, I do think of Charlie Hunnam. The guy mm -hmm. is completely ripped. He's good looking. He conveys a very strong persona in a lot of the roles that I've seen him do before. He's not who I would immediately think to be Stanley in this movie. Yeah. However, he showed me and I'm sure other people who have seen the film something different than what he has done before and I'm curious to know what it was that you saw in him this is gonna sound crazy but it was actually King Arthur <laughs> okay people, I I saw King Arthur while I was casting the movie and I think he's incredible in it I think that movie was actually criminally um kind of given a bad hand I think it's actually a really good movie and his performance in it is incredible there's a lot of levity in that performance and there's a lot of comedy just in a kind of Guy Ritchie way. And I saw that movie. I wasn't, it was on every night and I have a hard time sleeping. And I kept rewatching King Arthur and I writ, wrote our producer. I was like, I think Charlie Hunnam should be Stanley. And I'd seen him in James Gray's movie, The Lost City of Z, which I thought he was incredible in. And mm -hmm. I think he, it's easier for him to be a character actor. And, and for this movie, he lost, I mean, he's obviously a star, but you know, he's so happy to do the work and get lost in a character and not have to carry it all on a look or a persona. And 
his performance was, I mean, he lost 30 pounds for this movie. We cut his hairline way back. Yeah. Um, his vulnerability and his tenderness as a human being, as, as the guy I know, and how he, how he, what he brought, the humanity and affection he brought to this movie um, crushed me. And yeah. um, I'm forever kind of like blown away by it. Yeah, no, I was blown away by it too, actually. And uh, he is someone who um, I find in little pockets here and there. It's like every time he does a role, like you mentioned, like Lost City of Z, and now with something like this, it's like he's always revealing something new that I hadn't necessarily seen before. And here, I, I, I like what you said about him tapping into a character actor uh, mindset because I thought it made his work very exciting to watch. Uh, Jack O'Connell... Uh, obviously had also a tremendous amount of uh, physical preparation for yeah. uh, this role. Can you talk a little bit about like, what it was like working with him through that and uh, his preparation? Totally. He's just pure natural talent. I mean, that all of that boxing is him. You know, he was an incredible boxer before this. Um, all the stunts are him. He's, oh, wow. Yeah, everything. Every punch that is thrown in the movie is by him. Every time he hits the ground, he's just an incredible physical presence and a pure, you know, he, he's just an incredible talent. You just look mm -hmm. at him, you can put the camera on his face and the audience will feel whatever he's feeling times 10, you know, with a yeah. tiny flicker of an eye, he has to do so little because it's all happening internally, like in a real kind of like Brando type way where you're just yeah. like, he picks up a glove and you're wondering when the last time he picked up a glove is, you know what I mean? And like, mm -hmm. he's, I'd seen him in 71. I'd seen him in startup. I mean, he's good in everything. And, um, it, you know, when we cast Charlie, we cast Jack quickly after. And, um, I just feel so lucky to have the cast that I have. Yeah, no, seriously, because also too, you have, um, uh, a, a one scene uh, uh, with John Cullum in this movie. And, <laughs> you know, I, I was really, really curious in the buildup, right, to the reveal of um, uh, Colonel Yates in this yeah. movie, like who it was going to be, which actor right. did they get to this? And when I saw that, I was like, uh, oh, I, okay. So whatever the opposite of Marcellus Wallace is, we were going for. <laughs> and, you know, just sort of like this old waspy white privileged sort of guy that still thinks the country owes him something and here are things the way they are and to kind of stand in the way of Charlie's blind idealism about what the American dream should be. And that was all Doug Abel, the, our casting director. I, I knew of John Cullum, I hadn't seen him in a while. And he was like, I know for a fact that this is the right choice. And um, I met with John Cullum and his manager at a diner in New York and like one of like, hopefully a story I always remember. And John mm -hmm. Cullum brought his notes. And one of the things, one of the questions on his notes is, was Asian fusion restaurant question mark? Cause it originally he owned a string of Asian fusion restaurants and um, he just was incredible and and yeah. having him on set for those three days those were night shoots and and he you know he took the train and i think he's in his 90s and and i kept telling him not to i kept on saying we had a stunt double for him to do the falls and stuff like that i said like, whatever you do we're just rehearsing now don't fall yeah and like, okay max okay and then I'd go okay great we do that and then it's bang and he was just like this 
and claps on the floor. And I'm like, John, no. And um, he just was like, I, everyone was starstruck by him. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I, uh, I, I know we have a limited amount of time here left, but I want to uh, just touch on the rest of the members of the cast. Uh, what a difference a year can make uh, for Jonathan Majors, uh, because mm. when this movie came out last year, I, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, um, Last Black Man in San Francisco had been yeah. seen. Uh, but now, flat, fast forward with Lovecraft Country and Defied Bloods, and yeah. and his career is just taking off. So in a way, uh, timing is great to see that his that his name is attached to this movie now. Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, I had seen, I had seen last, I hadn't seen Last Black Man in San Francisco, but I had seen White Boy Rick and talked to people who mm-hmm. worked on that. That were like, whatever you do, work with this guy. Yeah. And I, we read the script together over the phone. He had such a specific version of who Pepper was and what he should be like. And, you know, when he came, he came on set for like three or four days in the middle of the shoot and everyone felt like we were in the presence of greatness and we were. And um, he's somebody I really, really, really hope I get to work with again um, yeah. soon in a, in a more substantial role because he is just his physicality and his preparation and the way he sees the world, I find him so deeply um, intelligent and soulful and beautiful. And I just, I, I love him. Yeah, I, I, I think he just oozes charisma. And, and he, you know, he doesn't have maybe like a tremendous amount of screen time in this movie, but you really do get that sense of everything that you're talking about when he does appear on screen. I agree with you on that. And the actors uh, really were intimidated by him. You can tell by the way, because it's hard to intimidate Jack. And and when they get in those scenes early on and you see him kind of muscle around with Jack, mm-hmm. he's gigantic. You don't know that all the time. You see it in Lovecraft because they're starting to cut the clothes to, to make him look <laughs> yeah, good. Exactly. You can see it in Five Bloods too, but he's so strong and he's mm-hmm. so beyond any physicality. His soul is so powerful that like everybody was just like kind of just like a front row seat with popcorn watching like a greatness happen and then uh when you're talking about uh the soul sky uh in this movie yeah. here and her uh interactions both with uh lion and also with uh stanley yeah. um is one where she has to obviously click with both characters since it's really a tripod between those uh those three yeah. characters throughout so um you know you could have theoretically cast tons of women uh anyone really in this role what was it about um uh jessica barden that really uh spoke to you in the casting process she's just 
an immense talent. You know, I knew that when I'd seen her in Hannah for the first time all yeah. those years mm-hmm. ago. And you just, it's one of those things I, I like talk about. It. It's like when you saw Philip Seymour Hoffman in something the first time, like you're just like, there's no such thing as small parts, you know, if you right. bring that. And by the time we started casting this, the end of the fucking world had over already kind of taken the world by storm for the right. first season. And she is, you know, she is probably the toughest person on the set and that's saying a lot and you know she's just tough as nails she's from yorkshire and yorkshire girls are just of a different breed and (laughs) and she you know had two brothers and when we spoke on the phone she was like i'm not intimidated by jack and charlie because i went to school with these guys and she said it um with a lot more expletives but um she i was just like we got i called the producers and i called charlie and jack and i was like and they were everyone was so starstruck by jess just because of that performance of that show and then what she's done in this movie and then she's just had two movies come out that she's continuing to get raves for like I just knew that like we needed someone who was an immovable object for this part and yeah um, she looks young but there's a there's a old soul in her and a survival in her that um you know will do whatever she needs to do to to make it and get what she needs to protect herself and and what we find out she's protecting in the movie. So she was really, really um, important. Yeah, I think so, definitely. Uh, You've heard it here from Max Winkler himself. Uh, This cast is really fantastic. They are absolutely worth checking out the movie Jungle Land over. Um, And to your point, Max, there are no such thing as small parts. Everybody has a role to play here and they all do it really well to create this uh, emotional uh, drama that is centered on brotherly love and hardship and poverty and uh, really a, a lot of different elements. And I quite enjoyed the movie. I want to thank you very much for you. your time here today. I appreciate and, it, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And the movie is being released November 6th from Vertical Entertainment. Thank you very much. Thanks. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my interview with the writer and director of the new film Jungle Land, Max Winkler, here on the Next Best Picture Podcast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us anywhere where you can subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.